Welcome to PlayStation Daily. I'm John Blanco, and today we're talking about the hottest games coming to PlayStation in February. You may not be aware. I'm aware because it's a secret thing. Do you know what today is? Do you know what this episode is? This is episode 100 of PlayStation Daily. Yo, <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, when I started this, I did not know I would get to 100. I wasn't sure where I would get to doing a daily format. I thought maybe it would burn me out or I'd change formats. We we made it to 100, recording nearly every day. I think I've taken a couple weeks off and a couple holidays off, but uh, I, I think it's working out uh, pretty good. I enjoy doing it, and um, I, you know... My analytics that, you know, I can see the numbers rising. Uh, people are listening to the show. People are staying with the show. Maybe not everybody, but there's been a nice steady climb since I started and largely not with much advertising per se. We're on a couple of social media outlets, threads and Facebook. But yeah, I, um, you know, I think I think people like the show. People are coming to the show and, and I hope the daily format, which lets me react pretty quickly to news um, works for everybody. So thank you, everybody. Um, really happy about that. I also get more interaction. And um, I have another question from Tanner, who wrote me last week. And he had a very interesting question. Uh, I had a question about your portal. Is there certain games that work better with it? I travel a lot and I use remote play on my laptop in the hotel in Texas. And my PS5 is at my house in Oklahoma. And I've noticed certain games with the input lag being just unplayable. For example, platformers and first-person shooter games. I was wondering if the portal performs better or what games you think are best for remote play. And this is a good question because it really comes down to how cloud gaming works. There is no way for cloud streaming to send a full-on lossless image over the wire to your portal or wherever you're doing your cloud gaming. And in this case, we're doing cloud gaming with the portal because um, we're going between states. There's no way to do that. I mean, if you've ever downloaded an image, you'll see that it takes more than a second, you know? Uh, so it really, it comes down to the algorithm and the way cloud streaming works is there's an algorithm involved that has to do with compressing an image, sending it over the wire, and then getting input back and then processing that. But it's all about compressing and then the uncompression on your portal. The best way to speed that up is to either have the best compression and uncompression algorithms or that the compression has to be small. The smaller it is, the faster it'll get over the wire. If you have the fastest compression algorithm, but it takes too long to send it over the wire, talking about the internet here, it's not gonna work well. So you need the best of both worlds. And the way these things will work is there a lot of them are based on delta or change in an image in between frames. If you are sitting on a screen and not moving your character, it's going to look smoother because most of the data isn't moving on the screen. The visual fidelity is the same. If you're playing a game that uh, you have the camera moving back and forth, everything going quickly, lots of action on screen, it's going to be a little bit choppy because it has to 
almost nearly send a different frame every single time. Some games will work better, some won't. I haven't gotten a good feel for it. I tend to just play the games that I'm playing, and I, I don't pick games based on very specific uh, needs for Portal. I haven't. I don't travel. I don't. Um, I don't honestly leave my house all that much. And if I do, I don't bring my Portal with me unless I'm testing it. So when I play my Portal, I'm usually in my house, and I'm just playing with whatever. And so last night I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. I, I played the scene when you're on the motorcycles and you're going through the tunnel to get to the, the top plate. And it plays great. I mean, yeah, if I'm analyzing it, I know I'm playing on the Portal or whatever, but it plays so great that as I play, I just sort of lose, you know, the, the knowledge that I am playing on a Portal. Um, so it plays great. I think it's just going to depend on everybody and how remote you are but yeah games that don't change so much those are going to be the games that are going to work the best and that's it but it's a really good question um i think it's very easy for people to think you know think about when you do streaming when you are streaming something off disney plus say they are sending high fidelity i mean there's probably some compression going on but they are se se sending high fidelity doesn't drop any frames but the reason why I can do that is because there's no input going on. There's no input that has to time with the image. So you'll get some buffer when you start up a movie. It might take a couple seconds. So once it starts, because it is constantly trying to get ahead, the network is constantly grabbing frames and queuing them up to show you. Games can't do that because they need your input too. That's what makes cloud gaming so difficult and almost impossible to get perfect. You just can't. But um, great question. So let's get into what we want to talk about today. These are the hottest games coming to PlayStation in February. And February has already started off at the bang. There's already some games that are out, uh, but we had to talk about State of Play last week. Uh, the first one on the list is Persona 3 Reload. This is a remake of the original Persona 3 game. Um, this is out. It came out February 2nd, so this past Friday. And uh, the remake is of Persona 3, which came out on the PS2 back in 2007. And I think this is, I would say, this is before Persona started getting really popular. Um, there was Persona 3 Portable that was made for the PSP in 2010, which wasn't the entirety of the game. It wasn't a perfect port. Uh, Reload is going for $69.99. It's a full-price game, but it's getting great reviews. It has a Metacritic score of 89 out of 100. In Persona 3, the players take the role of a high school student who joins the specialized extracurricular execution squad, a group of students investigating a temporal anomaly known as the Dark Hour. During the Dark Hour, members of Seas are able to enter Tartarus, a vast tower containing monstrous creatures known as Shadows. Members of Seas battle the Shadows with a physical manifestation of their psyche known as a Persona, which they summon by firing a gun-like object called an Evoker at their head. Um... Yeah, I remember in Persona 3, they actually aim a gun at their head and pull a trigger. I, I was kind of curious if that would change or not in Reload. But um, I love the Persona games. I love 5 to death. I played through it twice. I played through 4 and Persona 4 Golden, and I had a bad ending. But I'm waiting for my physical copy from Limited Run. I'm going to be playing it again on my Switch when that comes out. And I'm interested in Persona 3 Reload in the future. I just don't want to play it right now. I want to play through 4 first. And I don't want to pay full price for a 100-hour game right now. I'm just not into it. But this is a great game, a great RPG. I don't know much about the story, but I can't wait to play this one in the future. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Also on February 2nd, we got Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. This is published by WB Games. 
and developed by Rocksteady Studios. This is the first output since Batman Arkham VR for Rocksteady. That came out in 2016. It has been eight years since the studio has published something, which is crazy. Um, we did see the earlier uh, last year port of the Arkham Trilogy and stuff. They're not really working on that stuff. Just crazy to me. This game is $69.99. It is a live service game. So you're going to constantly get drips of new content for free, which is good for $70. <laughs> Um, I have heard that the story of this game is fairly short. You can get through it in about 10 hours. Now, you can do side stuff along the way. And it certainly does not mean this game has 10 hours of content. There's lots of side content and things to do. But the main story is about 10 hours. And uh, there's going to be a season one in March. I like the way they're doing this. Very similar to the way Diablo did it. You launch the game and you don't jump into the season content right away. Let people get an understanding of the mechanics and do whatever. Um, in that game, side quests, unveil map or whatever. Season 1 in March is going to have Joker as a playable character. Um, that's going to be added to the four characters you can play as, which off the top of my head, Harley Quinn, Boomer, Captain Boomerang, the shark guy, <laughs> and Deadshot. I think those are the four. Uh, this is a very controversial game. Maybe, <coughs> maybe a little fake controversy mixed in, probably a lot of it. It's got a Metacritic score of 62 out of 100. So it didn't defy kind of people's sort of disappointment before the game came out. I would ignore that Metacritic score. I think there's, as we see with a lot of games like this, people were upset about this game. And it, no matter what the game looks like or plays like, they're going to pretend like they're upset anyway. Um, some people are just upset it's a live service game. But if you have no problem playing a live service game, play the live service game. Um, there's literally people who get upset about games being single player game. Why would I play that? From Rocksteady Studios, the creators of the Batman Arkham series, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is a genre-defying third-person action shooter where the ultimate band of misfits must do the impossible to save the world. Kill the Justice League. Join the newly recruited members of Amanda Waller's infamous Task Force X, a.k.a. the Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark, that was his name, as they set out on an impossible mission to kill the Justice League. Yeah, we just went through that. Drop into an expansive and dynamic open world metropolis ravaged by Brainiac's invasion and terrorized by the heroes who once protected it. A lot of people are upset that we're trying to kill the Justice League and they're upset at the handling of Batman in the game. Let's move on from the Arkham trilogy. It's years later. Some people wanted to see uh, the voice actor who died for Batman last year um, have a better swan song. But you know what? Once the guy dies, you can't really record lines for a game designed to honor batman okay this was the game they had been working on for years and years and years and years play it for what it is why are you trying to kill the justice league obviously things have gone bad is the justice league going to be dead by the end of this game i guarantee you they won't be i mean uh it's you know this comic book stuff man whatever just have fun i um i'm interested in it but i'm also not a big suit like i'm not i'm not a huge live service person i'm also i'm not a shooter person uh so i don't know uh, I would try this game if I could for free. Um, if they do a trial for this on PlayStation Plus Premium, which I'm really hoping for, uh, I would definitely try it. But um, not usually my jam, but I'm, I am interested in it. February 6th, which is tomorrow, Foam Stars comes out. That is from Square Enix. It is free for PS Plus Essential subscribers. So similar to Fall Guys, I believe. When Fall Guys came out, they gave it away for free. 
And uh, yeah, this is an online, very multiplayer-focused game. This is Splatoon for PlayStation, if you've ever played Splatoon. The big difference in this game is really going to be that the foam builds up terrain. Splatoon never did that. Um, Splatoon was about painting the ground and the score being based on how much of the ground that you have, you know, painted. This one actually changes the landscape and, um, yeah, you're going to kind of go uphill, you know. <laughs> I, I I did not play the beta when it came out. I, I just, I was, I wanted to, but I just didn't get to it. And so I'm going into this fresh, but I can't wait to play and I love that they gave it away. Um, definitely, definitely. If I if I like this game, I will definitely buy some outfits and throw some money their way. Let the bubbles fly. Get ready to join the foam blasting frenzy in the new four v four foam party shooter. As you blast through battles using foam to attack, build, and defend. Time to fight foam with foam. Attack your opponents by dousing them with foam. Foam. Hit them enough, and they'll get foamed up, leaving them completely defenseless. Create 3D battles with mountains of foam as it builds and alters the terrain around you. Mold the landscape to give your team the upper hand and keep your opponents on their toes. Um, definitely sounds interesting. I can't wait. Also this week, Helldivers 2 comes out February 8th. This is published by SIE, developed by Arrowhead Game Studios. This is the one that's $39.99, and we've seen Sony market the heck out of it. Why shouldn't they? It's their first It's their first party published game. There, there was a game called Helldivers back in 2015. This is the sequel. Now, if you want to play the original game, it's still available on the PlayStation Store. It's $19.99 right now. It's called the Dive Harder Edition. And it has a totally different view. It's an isometric view. This game has more of an over-the-shoulder third-person view. And I tell you, I watched some Let's Plays of the original game, just to get an idea. And it looks really neat. I'm like, oh, I kind of want to play the uh, the first game. I, I wish that was free so I can try it. But um, yeah, the views are just, it makes the game very different. It reminds me of the old World of War, not World of Warcraft, Warcraft days. Um, playing those games, StarCraft, those games. I didn't play StarCraft, but it's the same kind of genre. And I kind of like the isometric better, honestly. So I don't know. This is a game I might play. It just depends a lot on Foam Stars. Honestly, I might I might end up buying the first game and just playing through that for a while too. I I don't know, but uh, the according to the documentation here, you can play solo. It could become difficult. That reminds me of Outriders. That was a game that uh, is very similar to this. It was like a a live service game as well, where I did try to play solo and I really enjoyed playing through missions, but I hit a point where I just couldn't advance because the game was too freaking hard for a one-person thing. So I think that's the same here. You can play it solo, but it won't be as easy solo. Same for Monster Hunters too, but for different reasons. The monster just doesn't let you go. All right, next up, Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden. Ah, February 13th. This is uh, published by Focus Entertainment, developed by Donod, my favorites. This one is $59.99. This is a narrative game along the lines of what Dotnod makes, but also action. So it is not just one of their story games with decisions, but they really accentuate that there's decisions in this game. It looks fantastic, and Sony is constantly doing marketing for this game. I've said in the past, Sony and Focus Entertainment are buddy-buddy. A lot of Focus Entertainment games have been going to the PS Plus service, and now they're marketing this game, which... Looks amazing, but 
I don't know, between Donut or Focus Entertainment, I, I don't know. We have seen um, Jusant get a lot of marketing from Sony as well. That was a Don't Nod game. So it's really nice to see. And I'm really excited for this one. New Eden, 1695, Ante Duarte and Red Mac Wraith are lovers and banishers, ghost hunters who vowed to protect the living from the threat of lingering ghosts and specters. Following a disastrous last mission, Antia is fatally wounded, becoming one of the spirits she loathes. In the haunted wilds of North America, the couple desperately searches for a way to liberate Antia from her new plight. Um, it sounds interesting. I cannot wait. Uh, I don't know when I'll be able to play it. I mean, th God, there is a chance I could just play this one. It, it comes out nine days from the day I'm recording. And I mean, I could really just spoil myself and buy it day one and play it. Maybe there's a chance. Always want to support Don't Not. Not into buying so many of these games, but I don't know. It'll be hard to resist. Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 remastered starring Lara Croft. This comes out Valentine's Day, February 14th. It's published by Aspire Media. So this is the first three games, all from the original PlayStation. Um, this pack is $29.99, but it's $26.99 if you have PS Plus. So you can get a little 10% uh, discount there. It is the first three games, but it has all of their bonus content and DLC as much as they had it. And um, you can play it in the original appearance, and you can play it in sort of a remastered gloss. I think everything is really the same with the game. They didn't really update the games. But you can play it in a way that looks a little bit more appealing than it did back in the uh, in the original games, depending on how you want to do it. I'm noticing, again, I think I've mentioned this on the show, they really are trying to get away from the Tomb Raider mantra. So, you know, starring Lara Croft. Uh, the mobile game was Lara Croft Go. And uh, they put out like a little two-game collection last year or so, and they call that the Lara Croft collection, not the Tomb Raider collection. Um, so definitely Lara Croft is the uh, the accentuation here. That seems to be the direction they've gone ever since the most recent trilogy. Skull and Bones, believe it or not, is coming out February 16th. This is from Ubisoft, and they've been very busy. Uh, end of last year, they put out Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora. And then this past month, they put out Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, and now this. This is coming in a lot later than they expected. The original release date for this game was 2018. It is six years late. That is incredible to me. These kinds of games should take less than six years to make. It's a full price $69.99 game, but it is online only. It's one of those games you have to be online at all times. There is no offline mode for it. Uh, this game is actually so late. It was originally supposed to come out for like PS4, Xbox One. And now you can't even get it for those systems. It is only a current gen game. It's just crazy to see that sort of delay. Enter the perilous world of Skull and Bones, a co-op pirate open world action RPG experience to become the most infamous pirate kingpin. Engage in thrilling naval battles, craft a variety of unique ships, and forge unlikely alliances as you overcome the odds and bring mayhem on the seas. Be part of an immersive open world that introduces new challenges and features every season. So basically, naval battles with your pirate ships. You can play solo or with up to two friends. Solo, but you still have to be online. Battling, crafting, all that stuff. I think if you're into pirate stuff, this might be one. The weird thing is I'm not hearing much about this. This has been a game that a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time, but I think just after a certain amount of time, it people just get bored, I guess. 
Pacific Drive comes out February 22nd, published by Kepler Interactive, developed by Ironwood Studios. This is their first game as a company that they're developing. It's a full-price $69.99 game. It is a first-person survival game that takes place in the Pacific Northwest. Escape from the long-forgotten Olympic exclusion zone with nothing but your trusty station wagon and a lot of luck. Make your home base out of an abandoned garage and search for the safest route home while trying to solve the mysteries left behind by Arda or just try to survive. Your choice. This one sounds interesting. Um, survival game. So you're kind of getting that sort of interaction here, but um, it looks like you know, you're going to be faced with lots of decisions and you're going to get a lot of different outcomes with this one. I'd be interested in this one, but it's first person, so I can't really do it. But uh, a lot of people are excited for this one, and that comes out February 22nd. And then lastly on the list, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It's coming out so late in February. It's coming out on the leap day. This is from Square Enix. It's so easy to think that this is like a Sony game or even a Sony published game, but this is a uh, this is a Square Enix game exclusive to PlayStation. It is $69.99, but remember, the twin pack is still $69.99. You get remake for free, and I'm going to be taking advantage of that uh, soon. I got to remember. It is the biggest Sony exclusive that we know of this year. There's a bunch of exclusives, but this is the biggest one. This is the system seller system, the game. Um, this is selling systems. It remakes sold systems. This one is selling systems. It is no doubt the biggest Sony exclusive this year. And I got to say, Final Fantasy VII Remake, to me, is the best remake remake ever made. I can't name. There are so many good remakes now. Resident Evil 4 remake was nominated for Game of the Year. This is the best one. It's just the best one. There's no better remake than this. And um, I can't wait for Rebirth. I went through some period of time where I was going to just play it later in the year because I didn't want to buy it because I had gotten it for free on PS Plus. But with that twin pack, I am going to soon be owning the original remake with its DLC. And I'm going to be getting this one. Um, I can't wait. I'm all aboard. Uh, just, it's amazing. And if you've played Final Fantasy VII and not played this, oh my gosh, I envy you. Because the characterization of this game, Cloud and Barrett and Tifa and Aerith, is amazing to me. It is I've never seen a remake pop like this. This defines definitive remake. It's incredible. Um, absolutely love it. But yeah, Rebirth, this is the second part. There's going to be three. So there's going to be a third one, at least as of right now. We know there's at least a third coming out. We don't know exactly when this game is going to end, but it looks like we're going to go a lot more Sephiroth in this one. Um, remains to be seen if certain characters live or die, but very exciting. So what am I going to be playing? Uh, I'm definitely going to be playing Rebirth. In fact, I am playing through Final Fantasy VII Remake for a second time right now. I think I only played it like six, seven months ago, but I wanted to play it again to get the story really in my head so I can go right into Rebirth. And uh, yeah, I'm in, I think I am understanding the story a lot better, understanding how you have the top plates and the bottom plates. I was always a little lost on that and how that works and what they're doing and understanding the characters. And I, I have a, a, a better understanding of why Jessie is who she is. I, I got a little overrun with it the first time. And uh, I, I expect to be done with the game before Rebirth. I've been playing a lot of it. Uh, I'm in chapter... I just got to chapter five now. Um, I'll say up front, there's 18 chapters in the first game. So I'm up to chapter five now. Some of them are bigger than others, but 
yeah, I'm enjoying the second playthrough as much as the first. I'm uh, I'm doing better with the materia as well. I um, I'm I actually never used any other weapon for uh, Cloud than the Buster Sword because I was like, why wouldn't I want to use the Buster Sword? But I'm actually already using that first sword that you buy at the weapon shop. And I'm putting different materia on each one. And I'm just every so often just changing out my sword and trying to upgrade my materia across all of them. Because at, at some point in the game, I maxed out the materia and I just sat there and wasted a whole bunch of other materia I had. So I'm more conscious about it. I'm also switching to Tifa so far more while I play as well, just trying to understand her as a character and how she attacks. And I'm trying to control the other characters more than I did. I set the uh, sword upgrading to auto this time. I hated upgrading the, the weapons. I hated it. And I realized this time you can put it on auto and just have it, you can just tell it. And so I think I have it on like balance. Um, just upgrade for me. I mean, I, I don't want to do it anymore. So uh, really enjoying it. So Rebirth will be a day one for me. I'll probably take some time off work for that. I'm going to be playing Foam Stars uh, tomorrow when it comes out. I really want to get a feel for what it's all about. And if I like it, I'll probably stick with it. If I don't, um, I'll be looking at Helldivers 2 or 1. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, Foam Stars is kind of my priority. I like the I like the vibe of it. Uh, Banishers, we'll see. If I can finish Remake, maybe I will just buy Banishers and give that a go. Uh, and then, yeah, Persona 3 Reload, I'm excited for, but I'm definitely not playing day one. I mean, it's already past day one, but I, I definitely will be playing that probably this year. I just don't know on what console, and I don't know when. So how about you? What games are you going to be playing? Let me know what are the games you're most excited for in the month of February. What are you going to be playing day one? What are you going to be playing down the road? I want to know. But that's all we got for February now. PlayStation Daily is your daily podcast for everything Sony PlayStation. Email me topic ideas or feedback for the show at PlayStationDailyPod at gmail.com. We are on threads at PSDailyPod and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PSDailyPod. Hope you've enjoyed today's pod. We'll be back tomorrow, but until next time. PlayStation.